1: and I'm here with Christine Heath. Aloha. And uh, welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. Today, we're going to be talking about the power of slowing down. And, you know, I have, every time I think about this, I laugh because when I first encountered the principles And the small group of people that I first met who were involved in it, and they talked about slowing down and slowing down your mind all the time. And I thought, God, these people must never accomplish anything because I was (laughs) so frenetic in my business life and in my personal life. And I was going a million miles an hour, and I really thought that was why I was accomplishing so much. And I didn't I thought if I slowed down, I really was afraid I was going to turn into some like, you know, lazy hippie in a hammock somewhere. And uh they would talk to me, you really should slow down. And I'd be going like, no, no, I I I have too much to do. And then I started to realize that they were kind of busy and they were accomplishing a lot. And they didn't make as many mistakes as I did. And uh it started to dawn on me that I was missing the point. So if you're one of those people that's going a million miles an hour and thinks that's what's keeping you going and that's the only way to hold your life together, please give this a listen and think again. Because slowing down does not mean being less productive. It means being in the present moment, doing what's in front of you one thought at a time, just moving through your life, doing the obvious And it's a different experience from having 50 things on your mind and trying to multitask and running in six different directions and uh, always having, you know, one hand over here and one hand over there trying to do something. So uh, I don't know what your story is, Chris, but my story is when I finally sort of woke up to it. I discovered that I spent a lot of my previous time when I was going a million miles an hour just running around in circles, doing accomplishing very little, but feeling exhausted.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, you I remember when, when I first learned this, this that, that I was doing a lot. And in fact, I was like nutty about it, but... The idea of slowing down to get more done was really the opposite of how I thought. And that's kind of the thing about this, this looking at life from the inside out, looking at psychology backwards is that we, we just get so focused on the things that we think. So as long as I was, you know, had an IQ over uh, 90, I could think of more things to do than I could get done. And they all seemed like they were very important. And they all seemed like I had to do them all, only me, of course, that could do them. And um, it would just felt like I was like somebody had their hand on my back and they were pushing me along through life and I had to get this stuff done. And part of me, part of it was like I remember like being in school and, you know, in college and you'd study, study, study really hard. Right. And then you'd have finals week and then you would take off. And for the next week, you just did nothing, and you'd quiet down and go for, you know, skiing or go do something that was fun, and you'd really kind of relax with it, and and then you'd come back and start another semester, and whatever that was was over with, right? And you started something totally new. And then when I got into the real world, um, I never got over anything, right? It's like you didn't finish it after three months; you kept doing it over and over and over again because your task was always there and if you're in a successful business you're always going to have more to do than you can get done and so I always thought that if I could just catch up then I could rest then I could quiet down so the idea of doing it the other way around was like what and and then the other thing about this is is that at first I thought quieting down meant you didn't talk (laughs) you know so if you and you sat, you know, and just listened to my girlfriend. I remember she said the same thing to me. She said, you know, um, I said to her, I said, you got to really quiet down. And she goes, I am quiet. I haven't been talking at all. <laughs> I said, no, 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 not that kind of quiet, like not having so much on your mind. She goes, Oh, is that what that means? <laughs> she said, I always thought you guys were talking about being quiet. I should just like not talk. So it's funny how we, Get caught up in the tasks at hand and we just keep ourselves kind of going in that busy mode until we collapse. And then we go on vacation for a week or two weeks. And when we're there, we do nothing. We quiet down. We feel better. And then we come back to work. And before the end of the first day, you're back to where you were again. Mm-hmm. Because now you start thinking about all that you didn't get done during the last two weeks while you were gone and you feel like you need to get it all done in like one day. There's a kind of combination of things that keeps us really busy and fearful of quieting down, I think.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. And and I I know that what slowed me down was my doctor telling me that my health was at stake. And when my doctor took me aside and said, Judy, uh, you're not going to live very long unless you get rid of some of this stress and he wanted me to take valium which was the drug of choice at that time and i was i was doing a business that required me to be on top of things and i knew i couldn't do that plus i didn't believe in it and i knew a lot of people who took valium and were kind of vegetative so so i didn't i refused and he said well then i don't know what to do for you and at that point i thought you know i got to find out what's going on over there with these people that are slowing down <laughs> because that it, it was obvious to me that i needed I needed to do something, and the first thing that occurred to me was um that i didn't sleep enough you know i had that I had an insight into the fact that i i I just was sleep deprived and I was kind of living on coffee and fumes you know i <laughs> I just drank coffee all day long to keep myself going, and then I'd be so wired I couldn't sleep. And and I'd get up early in the morning because I had to run and go to the gym before I could go to work, and uh, it was a vicious circle. And so I finally came to the point of realizing, you know what, Judy, you got to go to bed. You got to stop drinking so much coffee. The, those are external things, but the the insight came from within. And I think that's how Mm -hmm. we start to slow down. I mean, obviously slowing down doesn't, does mean you do something differently, but the commitment to doing them differently is an internal experience. And you have to slow down enough just to get that insight, to have that one moment where your common sense tells you, uh, hey, (laughs) do something different to change your life, you know, try to, try to find your heart. And the first thing that happened to me is I discovered that I, everything looked simpler to me. As soon as my mind slowed down and I slowed down, problems that, I mean, I was a good problem solver, but problems seemed like a big thing to me. Like, a, you know, you really got to tackle this problem and really get all over it. And all of a sudden, you know, people would bring me a problem and I'd think, oh, yeah, okay, I, I see how to do that. And I was getting these ideas constantly that were fresh. You know, I was all of a sudden, instead of going back over, like, what did we do the last time this happened? And what did somebody else do? And calling six friends, you know, and, and asking other people, all of a sudden, I would just sit quietly, and I'd reflect on it, and things would start occurring to me. And maybe one thing that would occur to me is call so and so, but it would be the right person to call, and I wouldn't have to call six friends. And uh, you know, I was such a rare and beautiful experience in those first early months when I really started to slow down to discover what wisdom is compared to overthinking everything. It was a real mm-hmm. shock to me.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it's amazing. You know, people that have a lot of um, uh, psychological problems, you know, that are feeling stressed but now have diagnoses to go with it, so they're anxious or they're depressed, or like it's amazing to me when I suggest that they take some time to just quiet down. Mm-hmm. First of all, the resistance to that is like, I haven't got time, I can't do this. I got to, I said, Yeah, that's the problem. And so, you got to really just. Take it, you know, up to you what you want to do. But if you want to get better faster, do this. Mm -hmm. Because when people do that and they really unplug from, you know, we've developed all these electronics as we've done just uh, hassling with trying to get this recording done. And um, we developed these things so that we could have more free time, right? It's like the computer was supposed to help us so that we could have more free time. Faxes were supposed to help us so that we could have more free time. We didn't have to do all this work. And and what we've done is instead of getting more free time and slowing down, what we've done is speed it up to the speed of our, our machines. <laughs> That's true. And yeah. So the more we have to do, the more we have to help us to do life better, the faster we go and the more we do it. So we just keep out thinking it. So when people come in, and I suggest this at first, it's like this resistance, like, no way and i understand that cuz i was like what like not work this much i have to there's so many people that need help blah blah i'm the savior of the world here you know and it it was just like oh when i slowed down i could feel myself again i felt like myself i felt myself really and and then that feeling is what awakened me and then i could see that I could get more done by being quieter than I did when I was a chicken with its head cut off running around. I had and that to me is like okay. that's a powerful thing for clients, like me knowing that helps me to help my client because that state of mind is not one
1: that you, you're gonna get rid of those diagnoses that's from. That's true. I had a funny experience just this past week. I had a doctor's appointment and I <clears throat> was working at home trying to figure out something that I needed to get done that was a little bit complicated. And um, I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to go early to the doctor's appointment because they have a really pretty office. It's it's on the third floor of a building that looks out over kind of a park-like area. And I thought, I'll just sit there and relax and maybe I'll get a fresh idea. I'll just change, you know, go somewhere and sit quietly. So I was sitting in the doctor's office, just looking out the window and leaving my mind alone and seeing what occurred to me. And this lady tapped me on the shoulder and she said, oh, dear, did you forget your phone? And I said, no, why? And she said, well, I just wondered, you're just sitting there and I, everybody else is on their phone. <laughs> and I thought maybe you forgot <laughs> your phone and I was feeling sorry for you. And I said, no, my phone's in my purse. And she said, oh, but you're not looking at it. And I said, no, I I don't need to look at it every minute. And she said, well, what are you doing? She was really a sincere person. She was worried about me. She said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm just reflecting on a, on a situation that I'm trying to resolve. And it just seemed like a pleasant place to just look out the window and let my mind go blank and see if I thought of something new. And she said, oh, that's really interesting. I didn't know people did that. She really said that. And I thought, wow, this is a different world we're living in. And I looked around the waiting room and indeed I was the only person that didn't have an iPad or a phone in front of me, either a little reading device or a phone. And I was (laughs) shocked because Mm -hmm. I I never even noticed that before. Because honestly, I've often sat in the doctor's office looking at my phone too, but this I had deliberately chosen. And I realized that that is a that's a loss that we've experienced i think as a culture we've lost the ability to trust our ourselves as the source of ideas and information that we need you know i know if you keep looking at your at your device and looking to see what other people are doing and saying and looking to see what some expert is saying and googling things and seeing what all the newest articles are about it the chances of you stepping back from something and seeing it fresh through your own eyes are slim and none. And yet for most people, I mean, in the world that I grew up in, I'm pretty old. So when I grew up, nobody, there was no such thing. We had phones, but we didn't have electronic devices of any sort. And and I can remember, uh, you know, my father and I would take walks and and sometimes we would just sit in a park somewhere and not say anything. And it was fine. You could just look around and then, you know, all of a sudden, I'd ask a question or he'd raise a topic and we'd be on to something new. But th- that those quiet times, those moments to just let your mind rest and see what wisdom pops up are, are really precious. And I think some of us have lost touch with the fact that it's natural for us to do that, that when we let our mind go to quiet And we really see the the value and the beauty of that is when we see the answers to things that have troubled us.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, it's amazing to me how natural that actually is Mm -hmm. in us and how much we've programmed ourselves to not live there you know, that we just, because even when you, at first, when you're like, oh man, I'm going to this, I got to, I got to quiet down here. At first, your little pea brain comes in and, and tells you all the things you should be doing, all the things you could be doing, all the things you did wrong. You know, it's like, all of a sudden, it's like nothing else to think about. So let's analyze me, <laughs> you know, and, and it's kind of like, that you just go to that. And I remember when I was first learning this, I was so, I was so driven, right? So I'd say, okay, I got to do nothing. And I, but, okay, I have to learn to be a leisure lush. <laughs> I have to learn to really, like, just get into doing nothing. So this was, like, in in, in April in Minnesota. And so, you know, the, the sun had come back to the planet and was warmer outside. I could go outside. And I thought, oh, I'll go outside and just lay in the sun. This is back in the day when we still laid in the sun. And uh, I laid down on the, on the Chase Lounge. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is great. Oh, okay, this is great. And about maybe 10 minutes later at the most, I think, oh, I should do my laundry. (laughs) No, we're doing nothing. Uh, I got to go do grocery shopping no, we're doing nothing. It was just literally like I was this two-year-old that wanted to keep getting their fingers in the cookie yeah. jar, you know? And and then I came up with this, I think you need to clean the closet on the third floor that I hadn't even opened in like eight years. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, that's the bottom of the barrel. But it was just interesting how these thoughts would come in my head and, and I could see them as just thoughts, not even thoughts I wanted to do. It was just, coming in my head and so I was like no we're doing nothing now now I had to kind of be conscious of that be aware of purposely doing that and for a while and then I'd still get I mean I still to this day get rubbed up And I like I got to go outside like I'll take the dogs and go out in the yard and throw the ball and I walk in the yard and I notice the cows and I notice the trees and I just really get into the beauty around Mm -hmm. me, and then my mind quiets down again. Now, it quiets down. I don't quiet it, right? That's the other thing is that the power of of quiet isn't in you quieting down, doing something to do that. It's built in. But when you just, like, stop what you're trying to do that gets you busy, you're able to to move into that space on your Mm -hmm. own
1: it's it's almost like a default easier, setting it's like if you leave yourself alone you go to quiet
0: that's right that's right so if you're if you're anxious or you're depressed or you you know you're suffering from the level of stress that you're in quiet down mm-hmm. like just quiet down and stay there as long as you mm-hmm. can you know and then you can get up and go around and but because that state of mind isn't about meditating is like sitting and crossing your legs and saying a mantra, although that's what people do. And as a result of that, they feel better. But you can actually live in that state of meditation and do life from that state of meditation. And that's what's really different about this because psychology would have you do these techniques in order to quiet down. And what we're saying is that quiet is built in. What we have to stop doing is looking for it or trying to make it happen. Mm -hmm. So when we turn it around, we start to relax and we start to feel better and your state of mind changes. You get better. Then you start thinking again, you get all worried, you go on a million miles an hour in your head. And all of a sudden there, your symptoms are back again. So that's the, That that to me that's really what's important to see is that you got to quiet down first, Mm -hmm. and then do your life. Rather than I got to get my life fixed and then I can quiet down. Yeah, exactly. That's what's
1: backwards about it. And to me, living in a more quiet state of mind is like I. I, 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 it's easy for me now, because at this point in my life, you know, I don't have a little child, I don't have all these activities in my life, I, I have much more control over the day-to-day life that I have. But when I first learned this, I had an extremely busy life. And my life didn't change at all, but my experience of that life changed. And I, I think that's what we have to see is that a lot of what we consider, you know, I've got to get this done, I've got to get that done, I got to do this before I do that. I can't, I can't let, I can't take a minute. I don't have a minute. That that's all just thinking about life. And if you go to your natural, innate, resilient state of quiet, which is what we naturally revert to as soon as we just let our mind go, just leave it, leave the thoughts, let them pass, let them pass through our minds, and. Just drift with life for for a few seconds or a few minutes. Um, it's almost like your thoughts settle and sort out, and what the first thing that occurs to you is what you need to do right this minute. You know, I and I've noticed that that I tend to I don't have to make a list in the order in which I have to accomplish things. That somehow, you know, there's a wisdom that guides us, and it tells me, you know, today would be a good day to focus on X, Y, or Z. And I do that. And I don't have to say, oh, I know, but I have all these other things I've got to do too. Maybe I could fit it all in. You know, let me see if I can make a list. I just do what occurs to me. And mm-hmm. trusting that is takes a little while to, if you've been very busy minded, it takes a little while to trust that you're not going to lose sight of your life and you're not going to mess up and you're not going to not get things done. Because I was amazed mm-hmm. And when I finally quieted down and I was running a business at the time, um, I got so much more done than I used to get done. I couldn't believe it. And largely it was because I wasn't doing things over because I messed them up the first time because I was distracted. I wasn't distracted. So when I had something complicated to do, I could focus on it until I accomplished it and not, you know, leave it and come back to it and try to figure out where I'd been. I was able to listen to people, so if a client called me with a problem, I could hear the problem—the real problem. And these are small; they seem small, but it changes your life.
0: Right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is like you—you you said, "Well, when I learned this, my life didn't change, but actually, you just had the same job, but it was became totally right. different." You know, if your life does change. When you're in a different state of mind, in fact, it must. Like Sid Banks would say that if you really change on the inside, if you change a level of consciousness, your outside world must change, mm-hmm. and things kind of fall into mm-hmm. place. You know, like all of a sudden, um, I I had a, um, a, a, a this vet that I've worked with um, over time, and he uh, he's been getting better and better and better, and This week he called me, he said, I don't know what's going on. This relationship I have with this woman I met is going great. It's just perfect. It's the most wonderful relationship I've ever had in my life. It's healthy. I'm not drinking. I'm buying a townhouse. He said, everything is changing in my life. And I said, yeah, isn't that interesting how you change on the inside, and then all of a sudden everything kind of
1: falls into place on the outside but you don't have to move away or try a different job or just things naturally occur to you. That's kind of what I meant. Yeah. yeah.
0: They they, they naturally occur and change and you don't really notice Mm it as opposed to, okay, what can I change? So I feel better. Right. So I'm happy. Yes.
1: So that's our word for today is trust that if you allow your mind to quiet and you slow down, it's a powerful way to have a happier, more peaceful and more productive life.
0: So with that, aloha, have a
1: good week. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week.
0: We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com.